0: Great opportunity for Ritchie. Fittered in front again. They score! Ritchie finds Nylander and Willie Nylander rifles home his second goal and it's 2-0 Toronto.
1: Leafs Nation postgame. Brent Gunning, Gord Stelick here alongside me. Thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to walk you through a 3-0 Leafs win. Gord, there was a letdown at home to end the homestand against the Kings. None of that tonight on the road in Philly.
0: Great road win. I mean, a win is always a great win, but you're absolutely right. And, uh, uh, you know, I said a lot last, comparing last year in the regular season, which people tend to forget. I thought the Maple Leafs more often than not made a statement game when or came up with a statement game when they needed to. Uh, They didn't have to come up with a statement game after Monday, but um, it's nice they did. It's nice they did because it wasn't just a loss at home on Monday, but it was was one that there were a lot of things to pick at about the manner in which they did so. So good on the team without John Tavares. uh, They come up with a, a great road win in Philadelphia.
1: And that's that's maybe the most encouraging thing to me because I think that this group and not that they come out and say it but a lot of times in the past when there's been an easy excuse there there's no Matthews or it's the back to- back or it's your third in four uh, they've taken it and they've got to ran with it and boy really easy to say you're going on the road and in a city that you've had so much trouble with over the years in Philadelphia you're without your captain who's been playing some of the best hockey he's played as a leaf and what do they do they don't miss a beat and that's not a knock on John Tavares, this team needs him and they need him to be great. But the fact that the excuse was right there for you, you got Alex Kerfoot as your second line center. Oh boy, we, we've seen this before. And and they just, they, they played tremendous without it. You know, Marner was able to drive that line. Obviously the big night from Nylander as well. But that, the, the fact that they looked this way without Tavares is the most encouraging thing to me.
0: Yeah, Nylander, so two of the goals. So it's kind of the big four come up with <laughs> the bulk of them in this game as well. But you're right about that. Um, Kerfoot, uh, I, I, we've talked about him quite a bit, you know, Brent, I mean, a guy I, I've really liked, and you kind of were w- looking for him to break out a little bit more. You always seem to have him slotted as the third line guy and getting a chance to be in the big six, I guess probably Nick Ritchie's chance w- would be, you know, what, what he's grabbing that opportunity. So, Yeah, yeah. So that that was good to see, and Mitch Marner's sense of normalcy. Like you you, you mentioned, and and also, I mean, it's a shutout. It's a shut on the road. And um, (laughs) I go, I go, I go back a long time, and I just mean I can just remember Philadelphia. We always had that kind of, to your point. Even though uh, they haven't won Stanley Cups for decades and that, but there was just that style of play and the way they play at home, and and always been a difficult place to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs on the road
1: i i forgot what the exact numbers are but our producer and the producer of Real, real kipper and born sam mckee was ripping off the leafs record on the road in philly and it's it's absurd i believe it is 23 and 50 something throw some ties and overtime losses in there as well it is not not good so the fact that you go in there and yeah you know especially with this iteration of the Leafs team right we think of them as flash and dash and speed and skill and it doesn't matter what era of the Philadelphia Flyers you're talking about. You don't think about that stuff. There might be some of it, but you think about truculence and pugnacity and all the Brian Burke words that, that we we so often hear. And, you know, it felt like this game had a little bit of chippiness to it. And, you know, I think that the thing that most was most encouraging to me, and, yeah, we should not – kind of skate past the fact a 3 nothing shutout win you know this team it's high flying we know they can score tons of goals I don't know that we know that they can do this that they can lock it down to a certain extent they did yeah I felt like they were locking it down by carrying the play and driving the offense but that's a way to lock it down as well and that, that's just a really good sign for me there are plenty of versions of this Leafs team where after the 2 nothing goal oh no here comes the one back the other way and Campbell was big tonight when he needed to be but I don't think they, they need Needed him to be spectacular because the team played so solidly.
0: Yeah, I always wonder, like uh, you know, Sam Sam McKee, is real Kipper. Is is Borny upset? It's not real Born as well. I don't know. It's just like real. Well, this kipper. gives
1: Born this gives Born any outs. Like if anything yeah. goes wrong, it's like that's real Kipper. That's just Aborn. You know, it could be Bob <laughs> Born. Who knows?
0: Well, uh well Bob Bourne, boy, he would know the battles the New York You're Islanders kind of... dad, his dad did against uh, the Patrick Division rival, uh, uh, rival Philadelphia Flyers. And Kippy certainly, you know, when he played for the New York Rangers again. We're going back we're going back quite a bit, but it's uh yeah, I, I, I just you know, it's a nice tidy win and Philadelphia has is a team that I'm still not sure of. I'm trying to think of use the term that they're they're kind of an enigma trying to figure out what they are, but they've got off to a good start so far. We talked about the fact that how they really address their D issues uh, going out and, and I know, you know, making some significant trades and that's something we've debated about. I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the kind of start Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin have had, you know, let's put this game aside because when you, when you get zero goals against, it's a pretty positive defensive game, but that's in a lot of ways what... Was baffling for the Philadelphia Flyers last year. I know Matt Nes- Matt Niskanen was a real sudden and disappointing retire. They understood it after the bubble. He felt he had to go in that direction, but they really missed him and uh, made a lot of changes. And the Leaf D has has really been, or those two guys in particular, have been a, a bit of question mark this far in. And that's kind of what Philadelphia felt or evaluated their situation after 56 regular season games last year, Brent.
1: Yeah, it, it was funny. Of course, always love love the guys on, on radio, uh, Joe Joe and Jim. But we're watching the the Sportsnet broadcast tonight, and there was the quote from Chuck Fletcher that, that flashed on the screen, and they mentioned that they they mentioned that yeah, we just had too many middling results, and we couldn't roll it back with the exact same roster of players, and it was just a very jarring thing to see in a Leafs broadcast where hey, there have been changes and there have been tweaks, but it's been this group that's that's been here for for the better part of two three seasons now, and and maybe that's maybe that you know not that not. The that Sheldon keeps in there saying, do you want to see changes like they saw in Philadelphia? But maybe something like that creeps into their mind. A team who, you know, think about how long it was Giroux and Voracek, and I know JVR is back there all of a sudden, but you know, that was a group that didn't make a lot of changes for a long time. They really, really believed in inconsistency, and I think that, you know, the Leafs kind of having that night in a town like that, it just, it, it means so much. You know, it's funny, you mentioned them mentioned the, the Flyers really shaking up their blue line there. Every time I think of Keith Yandel with that Ironman streak, he, he's chasing down the record i just can't help but think i don't know if you remember this and this is just one of those things that just sticks in my mind andrew cogliano he was pretty well going down that road and he got a two-game suspension for i can't remember what it was but it was something pretty ticky tacky and that effectively kind of snapped the streak there and it just i mean anytime a guy gets an iron man streak going one tip the cap to him and two for me i don't know why my mind always goes to andrew cogliano
0: Boy, it's funny. Your timing's interesting with that because it was George Peros who was a former teammate of Pat Cogliano's <laughs> that you know gave gave the suspension, and and Cogliano was pissed. He was, I remember he he actually broke down first of all talking about it. He was quite emotional because that meant a lot to him, and he wasn't too happy about his ex teammate's suspension. He he begged to differ, and now they're talking about Peros as a. As a possible possible fit, or someone they'll talk to about Bob Murray's old job with the Anaheim Ducks, since now he officially stepped down as the executive vice president general manager. But you know, it's funny you do mention that. Now I don't know what the guys are thinking. I don't know. I don't think. The, I don't think the guys hit the ice and go, "Boy, we could be the Philadelphia Flyers uh, of last year." As far as looking at moves made, but the reality is. Um, that the reality is just that the reality is just that, Brett. It's interesting because that's a really good comparable. They they built a nucleus there, uh, you know. Of course, Ivan Provorov, uh, the big young defenseman, maybe it's kind of their Morgan Riley. Uh, a bunch of guys up front, uh, Shane Gostisbehere. They thought would be maybe that next D, and they made it. They they basically dumped his salary and in, in uh, to the Arizona Coyotes, who kind of say just you know send me your downtrodden, send me whatever, send me your contracts, and send us some draft picks on top of it, and we'll take them. And that's where he is. But that's a, that's that's an interesting comparable. And, of course, in, in their case, the Leafs hopefully don't face that about ordinary goaltending or substandard goaltending because they've had great goaltending. Hopefully it continues. But that was kind of baffling about Carter Hart just uh, – just not having it last year after he looked like a sure thing and then seemingly um, having it again once again this season.
1: Yeah, I I thought Hart was tremendous, and I I don't want to skate past your your wonderful Coyotes joke. That was exactly what I was thinking. Whatever it is that's on the bottom of the Statue of Liberty or or in Ellis Island, if they're making a trade with the Rangers, they got to try to get Lady Liberty throwing in because you're right. The give me your downtrodden, give me your weak, uh, that that is absolutely, and yes, definitely throw in some picks. That's the Coyotes mantra there. Uh, Yeah, Carter Hart's a funny one, right? This is a guy who kind of did the whole way up. We presumed, hey, this guy's going to be part of the pipe line of, of Hockey Canada, and he's going to be one of those goaltenders, and then all of a sudden, he has the really, really rough year last year, and you, you don't know what to make of it, right? We see it all the time, where goaltenders have blips one way or, or another, and, you know, I, th- I thought he, all things considered, you know, just surrendering the three goals to, again, no John Tavares, but still a, a pretty stacked offensive team in, in the Leafs. I, I, thought he, I thought he was someone who handled himself pretty well. I think he's going to be back in that mix, obviously. You know, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole, but Carey Price is going to have some say in that in in terms of uh, what's, you know, who tends the net for Canada at the Olympics. But Hart, I think, has kind of worked his way back into that conversation. You know, Gorge, you, you talked about the deep pair tonight, obviously, Justin Hall getting back in the lineup. That's kind of the biggest story of the night. You know, I thought he had an okay night. I thought he was fine. I thought that there was the one, uh, turnover real early on. It might've been in his first shift of the game where I was sitting there going, Ooh, I hope they don't all look like that. But, uh, once he settled into the game, I thought he kind of looked like more or less his old self next to Jake Muzzin.
0: Yeah, I thought he did. I, I thought he did. It's, it was a little puzzling and, and, and some, a little disturbing, I guess, uh, how, they start When I say they started, you mentioned Jake Muzzin as well, and Jake Muzzin, he kind of dodged the bullet because Justin Hall got singled out as the guy that was the healthy scratch. They both were terrible at the start of the year. They both really had a tough, tough time, and, and that, that was one that... Okay, when I say perplexing, uh, it's a little perplexing because, you know, there are guys that play better than that, but the it happens in sports. But it's, it was going to be a real problem, a real problem. That's going to continue because you're talking top four defensemen. So uh, I know it's one game. I, I, had to, I always felt that, let's face it, I mean, Justin Hall is going to come back and be – at least a serviceable defenseman. Hopefully, like he's been at times, you know, maybe a, a competent core four defenseman once again. But, uh, yeah, for, for one game tonight, it, well, let's face it, when you give up zero goals, uh, it, it seemed like the best of good old times.
1: Yeah, it, it did. And you know, to that is Morgan Riley. You know, he's a guy who can, I, th- I think that there might be the biggest chasm in terms of the fan base of guy where some people think he is defensively and others are. I think with, you know, a Jake Muzzin, the people are outside of the start of this season. They're all pretty much in lockstep. That guy's a really solid defender where I think with Riley, it's, you know, he's a guy who people can kind of feel both ways about, you know, there was the one play where JVR kind of backed him down, almost like a basketball post move that he, that he struggled with. But then there was the other play play where Nylander was the only guy back uh it was a two-on-one with just Nylander defended and Riley made an incredible play to get back and I think that that's the thing sometimes when we focus on a player even with Morgan Riley you know we can get too bogged down in the things they can't do yeah he is not going to clear the front of the net like he's Darian Hatcher but he shows you his wheels and he shows his ability to make reads and and that was a just a play that kind of
0: summed up how valuable he is to this team. Yeah that was early on in the game you're right. I mean that that would have made a far different uh, complexion to the game And it's funny you watch it and I mean I mean Riley took the most direct route which you want to take but he he hustled back and, and he broke up that 2 on 1 and uh, and otherwise we could have been talking that at the end of the game as far as a momentum changer goes uh we've talked up you know we've talked about it many times I think you're the same I'm very bullish on Morgan Riley I, uh, I I think yep. I think there's another le- another level he's been to at times uh, not so much last year or this year so far that you hope he can get to once again and and uh, I like his leadership qualities I like uh, I like the intangibles I like his commitment to being a Toronto Maple Leaf those are all big picture things in a small picture thing it's like if you can talk at the end of the game and. You've got twenty guys, and quite often there's not much you can say about the backup goaltender except he opened the gate really well. But if they if they if they all have one one of those kind of little things that made a difference, I think quite often you're going to find that they win, like the Maple Leafs did tonight.
1: Yeah, they 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 did, and you know Riley, the another little quality about him that I like, and sometimes it can drive us nuts when the power play is really really humming. There was, I think it was the first power play of the game, and they were passing it around, and it, it felt like they were getting something going, but nobody was shooting. And uh, with about 35 seconds left of the power play, Radley just said, I got to get this on net. I got to make Hart stop something. Maybe you, get a, maybe you get a rebound. And I think people, again, got to go both ways on that. When Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and Nylander are snapping that thing around, well, you want to continue that going, but how many times have you and I sat there screaming, shoot the puck on the power play? So I, I like that from him as well.
0: I did too. I mean, the power play, uh, It'll uh, and you've already brought it up, not in the same terms that we're normally talking about it, like it was for like, what about their last 110 power play advantages? <laughs> Hopefully a week from now that, you know, they're not 0 for 15 and we're, you know, we're back at it again. But yeah, every, I, I know they had a, some success waiting late, finally getting that shot off, but more often than not... It, it really has behooved them to, you know, just try to get some bloody shots on that. And I, I did. I did like that. He kind of said, screw it. Uh, you know, I'm going to put it I'm going to put it on that.
1: Yeah, I, I like that as well. Of course, they do get the one power play goal tonight off the stick of William Nylander. And, you know, we've, we've already given him credit. I thought there was a great stat from Cuthbert in the broadcast that, that shocked me a little bit that he was tied for the league lead in shots with Alex Ovechkin. You know, you think of Nylander, I don't necessarily think of him as a guy who is just unleashing it from everywhere, especially since he plays with Matthews or Tavares, two two very capable finishers in their own right. That that was a pretty surprising stat to me when I, when I heard that, because you just, you don't think of him as a guy who's just gonna come down and constantly pepper the goalie like an Ovechkin might.
0: Yeah I'm trying to remember uh what particular game it was but there was one it was during the regular season and and he'd been he'd been kind of quiet Nylander and then all of a sudden he had a big game or a big couple of games and and someone asked him that question. He brought up in the simplicity like you did about shooting the puck more and I you know quickly looked at it and something like he'd had eight shots in those two games and before that he did two shots in the previous eight games or something you know with that that for him it was that simple uh uh, Nylander that being about all of a sudden yeah I got to get some more shots on goal and it sounds simple but you know he did it and he, he acknowledged it then and that was the difference tonight.
1: And uh, I'd like to give myself just a little like one ounce of credit oh because I, I called for him to get going in the Kings game and I was just, I was, I was a couple of days late. That's all, you know, you know me, Gord, I take my time with things sometimes. So my prediction yeah, I, was just three days late.
0: Well, I, it's tough sitting beside you all the time and hearing your endless <laughs> acceptance speeches that you rehearse for whatever, whatever fictitious awards you've decided to award yourself at the mm. end. But, uh, okay. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll get, I'll, I'll give you a solid on that.
1: I'm Karnak. I saw it coming, and yes, I am old enough to know uh, what what that reference is. Uh, And I, I, I've also calmed down on my Michael Bunting love, although I loved him getting in uh, Claude Giroux's uh, kitchen today. One other thing we got to talk about, actually two other things, before we uh, step aside and hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. The dam broke. They finally got a goal from somebody who is not paid at least $7 million a year. Tonight, it was uh, Andre Kasha getting, uh, getting his hundredth point of his NHL career with the third there. This is a guy who I just think the fan base is really taken a liking to. The coaching staff's really taken a liking to because he just does good, solid things out there. And, you know, he could score no goals and people would be okay with that for quite a while. But it's nice to see a guy like that get his cookie.
0: Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm trying to think who to compare to. I mean, I know Mike Babcock envisioned Freddie Gauthier in in kind of a more of a shutdown defensive role. Uh, Andre Kasha we well hurt a lot. And you don't get to see him and scrutinize him and watch him as close when he's not on your team. And you know we we know we know your distant relative Bunting has worked out <laughs> so far. Uh, pretty well we know that nick ritchie's still trying to find his place there but uh kasha is one where we're looking camp for you know kind of the guys we're looking at to get to know a bit more and you know i, I concur with that and it's uh he, he also he got the he got the one in chicago as well right um, no so camp was camp, camp scored in so, chicago Copa So camp today, right? scored yeah. so camp in chicago and kasha here so you, there you get if you're going to chip in with not uh a ton of offense then pick your spots and and hopefully do it not 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 in a six nothing game where all of a sudden you score the fifth or sixth goal, <laughs> but uh, but something when it really really is an important goal on the road and both those guys have done it.
1: So if my math is correct, uh, one member of that line will score roughly every week, week and a half. So we had camp in Chicago, Kasha tonight, uh, penciling in Engvall for a goal a couple Saturdays from now. I'm going to do that, and you know how unsufferable <laughs> I'm going to be if uh, if he hits that. Um, one other one other player I wanted to touch on, actually two. Sorry, I keep forgetting Nick Ritchie. Uh, I thought that was probably his best game as a Leaf. Now yes, he's back in a position to succeed, and hey, it's it's easy when you lay when you lay a great pass on a pillow for Nylander, and he does what he does does with it on the power play goal but he gets seven shots he seemed a little more engaged and quite frankly I just don't feel like his foot speed hurt him as much tonight as it has in the past
0: yeah you know and and also when you win you, you we can sort of talk more let's just let Nick Ritchie chill and, and find his way so uh when the team got back to winning that house but 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 I'll agree with that I mean like he was being was Zach Hyman leaving you know he just kind of was over scrutinized as the new guy that um was either going to live up to what Zach Hyman did and Zach Hyman was going to be tough to live up to what he did in Toronto or maybe in some people's craziest imaginations do better. So it's not the easiest thing and we we know it hasn't gone swimmingly formed so far, but I, I would agree with you about this being his best game.
1: And last one, uh, last one for me before we uh, hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. Uh, not, not a big to do. You know, this is a guy getting in. I believe it was his first NHL game tonight. Definitely his first game this season. Uh, Kirill Semyonov. This is a guy who I thought kind of had little flashes, little moments in the in the preseason. And you know, I don't think he was a world beater. tonight. I don't think he was incredible. But it is important to have these type of guys in your organization, in your system. That he is not a prospect. This is not somebody who is thought of as the future of this team. He's a body, and you're going to use him maybe 10 times this year or eight or nine or somewhere in there if guys get hurt. And, hey, if he pushes for a job beyond that, that's a great problem to have. But it feels like in years past, we talked about the depth of this team, and people talk about that in terms of the players who are actively on it, the 18 skaters you're seeing every night. But I think that having a guy like that who can just come in and be a cog, just look effective, and, hey, it's one game. I, I understand that. But I think it's important for the Leafs to have guys like that.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's the rush to get Semianov jerseys quite uh, yet, but you never know. That would certainly stand out. But uh, they've had, you know, with Brooks and guys like that claimed on waivers, they've had a little bit of hard luck that way because, I mean, Brooks might be the kind of guy we're just talking about, different types of players. But, yeah, to get that that fifth line depth and that fourth defense pair depth that, you know, really probably plays mostly with your American Hockey League team and you hope when they come up that they're able to, uh, play like you know do do a presentable job like he did tonight and, and also maybe say okay look at some point they're going to present an option if you make a trade that we think they're ready for the nhl
1: yep very well said uh anything else you wanted to touch on tonight uh before we hear from leafs head coach sheldon keith
0: no, I, I just thought, you know, because uh, like, they've got back-to-back games now, Friday at home, Saturday uh, on the road. Of course, Saturday's game will be a fan game. Friday's game is the the Hockey Hall of Fame induction weekend game, which we kind of always like. There's a bit of a history there and some pomp and circumstance. Uh, uh, the, the, this is a tough place to win on the road. I don't care where the Flyers are in the standings. And again, I, I, I view it as a, a mini mini kind of statement game uh, the Maple Leafs made uh, their captain not there um, so I, I just was impressed with uh, an excellent road game.
1: Yep well said I, uh, I echo all that as well and uh, hey the next road game is until Saturday so hopefully you see a good road game then and a good home game in between before we step aside let's hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe.
2: I just thought we did a really good job of defending our net today both Coming into our zone and in the defensive zone, I really liked our special teams. Penalty killing was outstanding. You know, that uh, gives us a lot of life and a lot of chance, obviously, to keep it out of our net and keep the score down and keep the game manageable as offense was hard to come by. And then we get a goal, and I don't think we gave them very much after that. The power play comes through, and then you get a nice insurance goal. So I thought I I just liked – the intensity our, our team played with defensively in a game that we knew was going to be low event and hard to get much offense. As a team in Philadelphia that hasn't given up much uh, throughout the season in terms of chances against and goals against, so we needed to be able to be comfortable playing in tight in a tight game. You know, I, we went into the third. I, you know, we had talked about being comfortable winning the game one nothing if that's what it was going to take and felt that uh, if we had that approach, that there would be op- some offense available to us, and that uh, we had a textbook third period in a lot of ways. So it's a good clean win for our team. Williams been shooting the puck a little more than this season than in the past. Is that something you've noticed? Is that something you've told him to do, or he's just taken that upon himself? Um, I mean, I don't necessarily recognize that other than the power play, which I think is. Probably what you're referring to more than anything. He's in different positions, you know, on, on the power play. Um he's been consistently with that one unit. I think that's the biggest thing, but he's definitely got a you know, he's got a great shot. He's a lethal lethal scorer when he gets opportunities and clean looks at the goalie and saw that here tonight.
0: Somebody not name-
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, a lot of our guys, you know, they're lower in our lineup have been working real hard, but particularly with him, you know, he's really competed hard. He's had a number of of chances to score. You know, he was questionable to play tonight even, you know, but uh, felt good enough through the morning skate. And, you know, for a guy like him with the injury history that he's had here to, you know, and this this was a different situation, but the fact that he – Wanted to play, felt good enough to play, you know, cleared medically, and he goes out and plays as hard as he does and then gets rewarded. I think it's great. He certainly deserves it. What's the situation with, uh, with John? He's going to remain day-to-day. Obviously, skated today and, you know, went into the day planning to play, but just, you know, decision was made that, you know, an additional a day or a couple days, a few days, whatever it's going to be, you know, would benefit him, but he's not far away. I I liked parts of his game. I, you know, there's a couple times he, you know, he offensively did some good things. I didn't like his penalty tonight. Um, I thought he was huge on the power play, and I, you know that that goal. You know, that's there's a few touches you know in that sequence where he makes a great great place and leads to the goal. So uh, that's really great to see. I'm sure that will give him a boost, uh, shows what he's capable of. Big guy with, with hands like that to be able to make plays. He made another one eight in the third period to send Lilligrin in, um, just shows a soft touch that he has. So it's it a, it a positive step for him offensively. And uh, in particular, on the power play, he gets that opportunity, You know, the puck comes to him. That's it's so important when you're playing on the first unit power play that you know the plays don't die with you. And the puck comes to you. you got to be able to keep it going and make a play. And, Keep the play alive, and uh, he did a lot of really good things in that in that sequence leading up to that goal uh, by Will. I, I really liked his game. I, I thought he just like a, like like our team tonight. Just he played hard. Um, I would say virtually mistake-free hockey. Just play hard. He's a he's a guy that I've said this from the beginning of camp. You know, despite the language issue and not. Uh, <clears throat> not not playing the NHL and new teammates, new system, all of that. He picks things up very quickly. He's uh, he had played well in the American League and coming here today, you know we, we had him play left wing for most of the time, which he hasn't done a great deal of. And uh, it was just a good clean game from him. You know when the puck gets on the stick, he makes a play, he doesn't panic with it. Defensively, he's in good spots. He works and competes. So uh, we got a lot of really good shifts out of him tonight. It's lower body. How you think Justin did back to the lineup? I thought it took him a while to get going. We, we chatted with him briefly there after the game. Um, <clears throat> you know, after sitting for a while, and you know, I'm sure coming back in is, is a little bit anxious, you know, take a little bit. Uh, but I thought defensively, I thought he was good. I, I thought our, our, you know, if there was one area tonight that we want to get better in, uh, for sure, it was our breakouts, it was our touches in our own end. Thought that led to you know too much time in our own zone, and you know, and that's for a lot of you know. I think from a shot attempt perspective, we were in a pretty deep hole tonight. But led to a lot of D zone plays by us, a lot of point shots by them. You know, with us giving the puck back, they throw it to the top, and then they just sling it at our net. Um, and I thought our defense had some problems with that, Justin as well. But that said. You know, we really were challenging our group to settle down and make some plays back there and give us some good touches. I thought early in that third period, there was two touches that really stand out for me from Justin on the breakout that really just settled us down, you know, moved the puck to our forwards quickly under pressure and got us on the attack. And those plays are so important, uh, especially when you're trying to protect the lead, especially when, you you know, you, you want to relieve pressure. You gotta make plays. And we I saw some really nice touches from Justin in the third period, which is, you know, what I've come to expect from him. He has that ability to make that those plays, as do all of our D and we need to see more of that. There is key following
1: the 3-0 shutout win on the road in Philadelphia. As Gord mentioned, the Leafs are back at it on Friday at home against the Flames. You can hear that on the Maple Leafs radio network. Gord and I will be live on the fan with a recap pod right as soon as the final buzzer goes. And then on Sportsnet 590, the fan Saturday. The Leafs will be on the road in Buffalo. We'll have that game for you. Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph have the call. Gord and I, intermissions pre and post. Can't, can't wait, Gord. Fun night tonight. Thanks to producer Sam McKee as always. And most importantly, thank you for listening.